0: Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Right place, wrong time. From Dr. John here on Jazz Shaper Saturday morning with me, Elliot Moss. Good morning and thank you very much for joining me on Jazz FM. This is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. My business shaper today is Des McDonald. He was the man in charge of the Caprice Holdings Group at a crucial time in their history and now has gone on to become a restaurateur and an owner of a business in his own right, as well as lots of other things related to that. You'll be hearing lots from from Des very shortly. In addition to hearing from Des, you'll be hearing from our program partners at Mishkon Dorea, some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, a sumptuous mix of music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Gil Scott Heron, Dizzy Gillespie, new music from Neil Cowley, and this from Astrid Gilberto. That was Fly Me to the Moon from Astra Gilberto. As promised here on Jazz Shapers, my business shaper today is Des MacDonald. If you are one of those people who enjoys a fantastic meal around town, then no doubt, and that is London Town, by the way, no doubt you will have heard of the Ivy, the Caprice, Jay Shiki's, Bamboo, the Collection, Pasha's and Daphne's, just to name a few of the restaurants that under Des's guidance became famous names um, in the restaurant world. Des, thank you very much for joining me. Good morning. You started your own business recently, which we're going to come to in a bit. But tell me where the bug for food started. I know you became a chef at the Ivy, a place I've enjoyed probably too many times, luckily. Um, But... Tell me where it started. I know the family were in the business, weren't yeah. they?
1: Yeah, early age uh, from family businesses, um, Irish, uh, bakers, farmers. And for me, I guess it was in my DNA to to leave school um, and go into the business. And uh, some from an early age of 15, 16, working in hotels in London and starting from right at the bottom.
0: And you knew you wanted to do it. it I mean, I know people that you know you can be born into a family of architects or of accountants you liked what you saw or it was more of a oh, this is just going to be what I do
1: no I think uh, I'd always enjoyed team sport and I, I went to the Ritz and I really enjoyed the energy the noise the buzz uh, the camaraderie and for me very early on within the first few weeks I absolutely knew that for me this was the right career for me uh, and actually as I've gone through my career it's just reinforced my my love of being creative but also working with great uh, creative people um, on that journey And since from becoming
0: a chef which you were obviously in the first place and and that's I, I guess one of the best places to learn what the restaurant business is really about people often say that chefs don't make great runners of business is that true?
1: Yeah I think uh, generally speaking um, I think it's tough but I was always interested in numbers um, I was always interested in the mechanics of how businesses worked and uh, I guess asking lots of questions just being interested in how things you know it's all very well buying commodities selling commodities but how do you actually make money and I think it's super important that uh, any entrepreneur has that spirit of wanting to make money Um, so I think I'm fortunate that uh, I have that sort of spirit as well. Now we talk
0: about an entrepreneur and actually you kind of in sense of running your own business you came to it relatively late i mean 20 or so years working with a fantastic group of very well respected restaurants and other things as well and clubs and so on is it strange thinking of yourself as now the entrepreneur or did you even inside the, the the business of the caprice holdings did you think you know i run I, I'm, I'm not just a senior management person i'm actually got skin in the game like, did you feel a sense of ownership before it truly became yours
1: Well, I think from my first sort of invite to the board when I was 33 at at Caprice, with uh, when Chris Corbyn and Jeremy King sold the business to Luke Johnson, um, I I quickly had to learn how to orientate myself from the shop floor into the boardroom. And I guess um, understanding then that uh, there was a bigger goal, uh, skin in the game, as you call it, and, and working towards... A goal in three to five years, whether that's the sale of a business, a business bonus, etc. And I, I got my mindset into definitely entrepreneurial spirit then. But um, through uh, then, Richard Caring buying the business and uh, being allowed to be very entrepreneurial in uh, in the Middle East and in uh, and, and also working, uh, developing the, or the purchases of the Burley Group and the Sower House Group. It was a fantastic opportunity for me to uh, explore different areas of business that you know, I n- could never have dreamed about. So I, I don't actually look um, too far behind and I don't read too much of my own press. And I didn't always have a, a huge game plan, but it was very much about uh, working towards a goal. was never quite sure in the restaurant business when that goal was going to be scored. But um, I think since moving on from uh, the Caprice business, it's definitely sharpened my, my mind to think more um, as I'm getting on as well to focus on the end goal and model my business accordingly.
0: Stay with me to hear much more from Des McDonald, my business shaper. Time for some music. This is Desafinado from the fantastic Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: That was Dizzy Gillespie and Des Afinada. Des McDonald is my business shaper. He's a restaurateur. He's got his own restaurants now to play with, but he has been for many years behind some of the most famous and successful restaurants um, in the UK. Des, we were talking there before about kind of goals and, you know, uh, having a sense of where it might go. Many of the people I speak to kind of say, you know what, I'm not sure it does matter. As long as you're passionate about what you do, you build a good team around you, you're making some money. Frankly, the goals, yes, it's a, you need to have some sense, but you don't need to define it to the point where it's no longer a joy to you.
1: Is that right for you as yeah, well? Yeah, I think that's, that's very true in my case. Uh, am I really s- hell-bent on making loads of money? No, um, do I want to enjoy the journey? Absolutely. And do I want the people that work with me to enjoy the journey. Yes. So um, I guess sometimes I do uh, think sometimes that does um, shape my mind. I should be maybe slightly more cutthroat in the modeling of some of the businesses. But but ultimately, I think it's a balance between the, the journey and the end goal. All
0: those things you talked about as well just earlier, you are saying, you know, we bought this, we sold that. Some people listen to me going, well, that sounds incredibly impressive. For, for the, the chef who turns into the, the man who becomes the boardroom man, as it were, and then has to actually put together um, the, the documents that you need to do around the due diligence exercise and so on, that's pretty serious stuff. Did you enjoy that as much as what are we going to serve tonight?
1: It was definitely um, learning or developing the biz- the way to communicate more effectively, set goals and targets. I think in the kitchen is a bit more of the moment of the day. You develop your, your mise en place, as it's called in the kitchen, for that service f- for that day. You're not thinking too far ahead. I very much had to develop my own strategy and uh, work with some friends and colleagues that I'd met um, in London to, to, to help and support that thinking along that journey. and. Uh, yes but it but definitely you have to you need strategy 100%
0: but i imagine that the spontaneity that you have as a chef who's creative as a person who loves food and in any business indeed where you're really you're literally or metaphorically in the kitchen that excitement and that that drive and that sense of adrenaline rush that you get must be quite hard to channel for someone like you when it comes to actually, as you said, stepping back and quote-unquote being more strategic. some of people's favourite kind of yeah. way around. But did you still manage to hang on to some of that, that creativity and that spontaneity, even as you communicated through quite
1: serious documents and, and processes for sales and stuff? I think rightly or wrongly, I think I've always made decisions on gut instinct, um, and that's what I've always done, and that definitely came from, you know, working under pressure in, in, in the kitchen environment. Um, and definitely moving from the from the shop floor, from the kitchen environment to the boardroom or the management office was a very, very lonely place for a good couple of years. And uh, I found it quite alien. But over a period of time, you know, with self-confidence and, as I say, thinking on strategy, thinking up some boardroom uh, analogies, uh, you work your way through it and, and things change and time moves on. and But I've always trusted my own judgment um, and I also believe that how wrong can you all be? always be? You know, I think you have to strive forward and go with your gut, clearly with some experience, and uh, and narrow down the margins of error.
0: Find out more about how Desmond my business shaper, has been narrowing down those margins towards some fantastic successes. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, some words of advice for your business from our program partners at Mishkondorea. My name is Andrew Remington and I'm a corporate partner at Ishkonda Rail. I'm often asked by clients uh, what are the key issues to make sure that they do not lose sight of when entering into negotiations. Uh, One of the key components is understanding what your bottom line is. Um, Very often clients will enter into a deal um, knowing that they need to do that deal at, at any cost and very often that can be quite damaging because they don't know what their own limitations are. And what, what restrictions they need to impose upon themselves before walking into the deal so understanding what your limitations are empathizing with what the other side's position is but realizing that ultimately if you cannot achieve your bottom line that, that there is another day and you should walk away from the transaction and very often the transaction may come come back at, at some later date but only if the deal terms are right for both sides jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with Mish it's business but it's personal you're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning from nine AM. You can catch me here talking to a fantastic shaper from the world of business. If you've missed any of the previous shows, iTunes is the place to go with over a hundred in there to enjoy, or British Airways, if you happen to be on a BA flight in the near future. Des McDonald is my business shaper today, and he is the man behind the Caprice Holdings at its height, I guess, though I suppose Mr. Kering would probably argue it's still at its height and carry on going. But he was behind some of those big, famous restaurants that you may well have heard of. And he's now doing his own thing. He's um, making it happen in Midtown in London with the Hoban dining rooms and also a couple of others, haven't you? You've got the Fish and Chip Shop. Yeah. Um, and uh, Q Grill. Q Grill and Camden, yeah. Now, these different sets of um, restaurants that you have, and um, I've been lucky enough to have a few meals in the Brasserie in, in Midtown, is there a theme? I mean, apart from the fact that the food's slightly different, but is there, a, you know, underpinning it, are there things that must be Des MacDonald criteria that you meet?
1: Well, the criteria is to focus and have a clear um, understanding of what the brand is. And in in Holborn, we wanted to create energy. This is midtown, but it's not. New York Midtown, you know, Holborn is a business area, it's a legal area um, you know, and our neighbours are Mishgong, you know, great supporters of ours um, and uh, but but it had to be, for me British, the best of British, and create a buzzing brasserie and Martin Bruninsky, good friend of mine for years and our designer, who worked on Scots and various other places for me he managed to achieve uh, you know, industrial lighting, he's got scale and theatre, and I think lots of restaurants are about lighting, and what he's managed to achieve in in the banking hall I think is is pockets of opportunity to have a romantic meal um have a cocktail after work um and I think it's it's what London needs London is really on a high for food and beverage and it's absolutely electric and I think it's great to see different parts of London developing these large brasseries or smaller independent restaurants when you walk across what is your shop floor
0: do you still get the sense of excitement, like the child who kind of got the thing he always wanted? You go, "This is mine. This is what I've always wanted to do." Is there that sense of wide-eyed wow, or is that is it submerged beneath what's the numbers, what are the covers, and all the other normal things in business?
1: It depends on the day. Depends what we did for business the day before. I sort of, if we had a great day the day before, I keep my hands in my pockets. Otherwise, it would be a big yes, you know. Uh, so it really depends on the day, and my as uh, as people around me will. We'll, we'll, bear witness it my emotions change depending on on sales and, and and the environment you're in at that time
0: it sounds like that's perfectly suited to the entrepreneur if you like or the entrepreneurial makeup because actually it is a bit of a roller coaster and people often say that to me that you've got to be able to go up and down and enjoy both bits of it when there have been those bad bits because it's pretty early days for you now but over the years when there have been bad bits where have you gone for solace where have you gone to go come on I've got to pick myself up or have, has it been an internal thing or, or have, you, have you lent on other people
1: well, um, it, it could be it could be a, a glass of wine after work. Uh, it could be a meal. It could be going to the gym. I spend a lot of time just trying to sort of, whether it's a running machine or on a cycling machine or hanging out with friends to get away from. You know, you know, a lot of my friends don't want to go to the restaurants that I run because I'm always looking at some detail of what's going on or who isn't being looked after. You're on. I mean, you're on exactly. You? And it's very difficult to to unwind. So therefore, yeah, you know, outdoor pursuits, uh, whatever, just to get away from or traveling down to you know a house in Spain, yeah. just get away from from you know the hubbub and uh and do something different
0: stay with me for more from my business shaper des mcdonald time for some new music this is from the neil cowley trio it's called sparkling and it's off the new album touch and flea that was sparkling from the neil cowley trio des mcdonald is still with me i'm pleased to say um and if you've been listening you'll know that he makes restaurants lovely restaurants with lovely food and interesting environments des now that it is your show and you're now looking after you know the buck really does stop with you is there a different feeling when you quote unquote finish the day or does the day never finish
1: uh, I guess the day never finishes, and it's very different. You know, I, I was an employee for you know for thirty years, and uh, and as Richard Caring said to me when I was leaving, you know, it's 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 right now for you to do your own thing, and actually. Uh, at the time and and you're only focused on being an employee it's a whole different world out there and and much more entrepreneurial so it has different risks and rewards Um, but for me the the whole flexibility um, to do to to unleash my sort of creative juices um, has been uh, really enjoyable and you you live and die by the sword so uh, it's it's you know I had a team with me before now it's down to me. And in terms of living
0: and dying by the sword and the creativity and things, have you found that um, the people around you, the people like maybe banks and other things, are are supporting you in the way that you might want them to?
1: Well, it's interesting. I did an article recently in one of the uh, broadsheets uh, about that question, and and my answer was... uh, it was horrific to try to get any form of banking support as a, as a start up business you know 30 years experience of, of of worked in most of the best restaurants in london and and some in new york and in the middle east and and yet still to get a door open in a bank even a bank that i've been with for for many years very difficult and literally um within the following two weeks of that article uh, many, many sort of emails and, and letters and, and, and thoughts for for meetings and requests. So I guess it from, was from p- banks, from banks and yeah. lenders and all different fields of, of, of finance. Um, probably we are now seeing obviously a lot more green shoots and a lot more positivity in the marketplace. So whether it was my timing, possibly, but um, now you're not having such a problem. No but i 've got now I've got a group of investors and in my own you know and my own money uh and no bank funding um but but uh but tough for tough for new startups but hopefully we can get our arms around that and improve that for for startups like me going forward
0: and on the investor point, is it an unusual relationship having someone who's put their m- money on the table but actually doesn't want to get involved with the management is that the is that the ideal investor or do you like a bit of um you know argy-bargy?
1: you know the 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 investors that i've chosen um all have um a, a a link with you know lifestyle food and beverage uh my chairman you know has has been in the in in the in the fish business for many years and that's why one of the reasons i developed the fish and chip shop brand and um, so I think there's, there's a link, and I think you, you want interest. You don't want to overcomplicate things, and you need to have a pyramid in your, in your business who makes the decisions. But ultimately, you want them to support you on your growth and believe, in, believe in, in the journey and support that journey.
0: My final chat with Des is coming up very shortly, and you're going to be hearing a track from Shaper of Jazz, one of my favourite skills, Scott Heron. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea, It's business, but it's personal. You see that black boy over there running scared? That was the seminal, The Bottle, from Gil Scott Heron. Just for a few more minutes, Des McDonald is my business shaper, and we've been talking about all sorts of investor relations, the banks, being an entrepreneur, and a late a latecomer to the entrepreneurial thing officially, even if you were entrepreneurial. What advice would you give to other mid-40s who are thinking they should go out on their own?
1: I believe if you you have a, an idea, you've got conviction, and you've got the opportunity, you've got to follow your dreams. You know... Uh, but you have to be prepared for the for the rough ride. Um, but think it through. You know, our old friend strategy needs to be involved, and you need to have, you know, supportive investors. But but uh, if you have a, a strong conviction in your dream, you should follow it.
0: And was there ever a, a bridge where you didn't have any money coming in, or had you had you also put some away for this point where you were going to go? It's mine. Definitely some rainy day provisions, but uh, <laughs> never enough. Never enough. So, um, but you had thought about it, obviously. And they, you can't just go turn the turn the the, the tap off and now stop and stop. You've got to live, haven't you?
1: Yeah, but what I've realised, I guess, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that um, there's the void of trying to get um, quality help from banks. Um, you know, and there was certain even with licensing in Camden, you know, we we had challenges, and I, at some given points, I was you know, really up against the wire of spending, you know, over a million pounds developing a restaurant and couldn't get a restaurant license in Camden. You know, it's just, you know, I'm so worried sometimes in in, in this country that we're not supporting the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I want to open nice restaurants for nice people who are discerning foodies.
0: Um, If you could give yourself advice now versus what you've learned in the last 17, 18 months, you know, post kind of going and doing it, um, what would the most important bit of that advice look like? Because it sounds like you've had to overcome some the usual pains that come with planning and the usual pains that come with raising finance. But above all of those things, what would you say to the 18 month younger you?
1: Uh, be very, very choosy and make sure that the team around you are the right people around you. I've made a couple of mistakes along the way, I've put that right. That would be it, really. It's about, it's about imparting your wisdom and your dream and your ideas and the creativity with the right people. to, to Because I can't be there every day, but I need you know, the right people to expedite that.
0: As you look forward to the next few years, what are going to be the things that are really going to help you shape uh, the, the way that your business is, is focused and the way that your business looks?
1: I think that I have to make sure that um, each restaurant we try to open, you know, I'd like to do lots of fish and chip shops. I think there's a a corner in the market for that. The same with with Q Grill. I think a modern barbecue, uh, there's an opportunity for that. Um, but it's about, you know, uh, getting the right business model that starts with rent. You know, rent is very, very expensive in London. I may have to look further afield, other cities, uh, which I'm currently doing. So um, it's trying to get the balance between opening uh, small independent restaurants in a world where you have huge conglomerates who um, can, uh, or international investment can afford more than I can to, uh, to open spaces. So it's about making sure there's enough room for the little man and and
0: just before I ask you about your song choice um there's still joy for you in this this is what you want to do you like you like the fact that you left the employee status to become the main man
1: yeah, as the title of the song, you know, suggests, you know, I love this business and uh, I'm still feeling great and feeling good.
0: So, yeah, tell me about your song to us. What is it and why have you chosen it?
1: Michael Bublé, you know, a, a, real, a, a real classic for me and upbeat songs, love the sound. It's a song that I would turn on on a Saturday morning and, you know, I've had a hard week and it just, it's an uplifting song.
0: Des McDonald, thank you very much for being my business shaper. This is your choice. It's Michael Bublé and Feeling Good.
1: Birds flying high
0: that was Feeling Good from Michael Bublé, the song choice of my business shaper today, Des McDonald. Straightforward, down-to-earth, no-nonsense kind of guy with a clear vision that he wanted to be the main man and he went and did it. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday for another edition of Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM. Stay with us, though, because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM.
1: In partnership with Rea. It's business, but it's personal.